have such sights to show you. Poppin' a scary horror podcast here. I'm your host, Cole, and with me as always, I have my good friend and co-host, Erin. Hello. Hello. Howdy, partner. What's happening, bubby? Oh, you know, nothing much. Just got back from killing people uh, out on the streets legally. Man, sounds like you're celebrating the uh, holiday ride. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're purging. It's the purge. Yeah. Purgy so, um, I don't know. Do you know how much you know about the uh, purge at Man, all? This is another one of those. I feel like we have a few of these. This is another one of those that I know mostly through parody. You know, I haven't I've seen the trailer for the purge because, you know, it's not, it wasn't that long ago that it came out. Um, and Uh-oh. I've seen people talk about it, but... It's not like, what, what? Well, uh, you said it wasn't even that long ago. I think we're just getting to that point well, in life where everything's I, going fast. I was alive when it was out, I oh, guess is no. what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was just like, it came out ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so as soon as you said, it did come out that long ago, and I'm like, oh. I was conscious <laughs> in a movie going whenever, it, yeah, it came out. I just, we've been watching old movies most like, but, but yes. Yeah, this is was in the the cultural consciousness while I was engaging in it is what I meant. Yes, that is yes. I I can't disagree with that. Yeah. This is definitely like growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, we went through the whole purge experience, not yeah. the actual purge, mind you. Well, some days, but well, true. You've never done a good bit of writing in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, aside from like hearing trailers, seeing stuff, everything like that, mm-hmm. um, do you know anything about the purge? I no, mean, obviously, I just, you know, the rough, like I know the concept, right? Mm-hmm. They like made crime illegal for a day to like make all the other days a little less crime free. So everybody saves it up for one or some stupid reason. And for some reason, everybody just kills each other instead of like, you know, doing white collar crime, which is what I would do during the purge, you know, <laughs> just do some Ponzi schemes or something. I don't know. Do some pump and dump. I, you know, just do some illegal stuff in the stock market. That's probably what most people would actually do during the purge. But yeah, also killing people and I, I guess probably drugs and just probably some rape. Just probably some good raping and pillaging, um, I imagine, in the purge. But that's all I see talked about. Mostly, like, my longest purge experience was probably that Rick and Morty episode that was the purge. Um, but that's, you know, you know, that's, again, it's all parody. I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen any actual, like, movie pieces beyond the trailer for this mm. movie. But. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's totally fair and accurate from what I heard. I was a little late to the Purge game. My mm-hmm. wife loves the Purge series. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely is obsessed with it. And so she was actually the one that kind of prompted me to go out and watch it. Because, you know, I, I had heard the same premise, like, you know, and it's, it's one of those film ideas that I think, like, um, I'm trying to think of the best thing. It seems like a, uh, 4chan shitpost or Reddit <laughs> yeah. shitpost, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the best way, like, bruh, all I'm saying <laughs> is that if they made crime legal for one day, it would drastically decrease. It does sound like a copypasta. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah it, it sounds like it exactly and you know like for as crazy of an idea as it is it does make for like an interesting idea for a movie and we yeah. haven't even watched it so like whenever i had heard it it was just like oh okay um and then whenever i went to go watch it you know like i said that's the only thing i went into seeing it with was just okay uh crimes uh illegal for a brief period of time there and in fact the uh the actual uh, purge takes place uh, March twenty first, I think, of every year. So oh, that's coming up. Wow. So um, uh, you celebrated too early, Bucko. <laughs> Whoops! Got my calendar <laughs> all mixed up. Your Honor, I <laughs> thought it was later than it was. That... Honestly, Saint Patrick's Day, the purge. I don't know which one's which <laughs> anymore. I thought I was just killing small people, but. <laughs> Okay, so um, I think we've definitely mentioned our uh, grounds and yeah. everything there, the expectations. Yeah. So we're going to be on lockdown for a little bit as we uh, get ready for the good old purge. So we'll be yeah. right back. <laughs> this is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. Blessed be our new founding fathers and America, a nation reborn. May God be with you all. And we have just survived the purge. Whoa. Whoa, I know, right, Bubby? I know. So, uh... Uh, what, what you, how do you think the event went? Uh, well, they said it was one of the most successful purges of all time. Yes. But, well, how do you define success in a purge? How money. would you? Money? M money and, uh, how do you lots make, of kills. How do you make money in a purge? I, well, I mean, you're, you're the white collar man. You tell me. That's true. <laughs> or unless you're, uh, keeping your secrets close to your chest, you know. I guess, it, I guess you could just do a lot of armed robbery. It probably just involves murder. It's just like uh, in Grand Theft Auto, you know, you go around yeah. and see how long you get before the cops get you. Without the cops, yeah. it, that's just free real estate. Dude, just, yeah. Spend one purge purchasing uh, illegal explosives and then the next purge using them to break into bank vaults. That's, a, that's an investment right there. I, I, I like the way you think. Speaking of uh, su success, um, without talking about the film itself, the film was an immense success. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Running off a budget of uh, $3 million, it made barely under $90 million. That's a profit right there. Yeah, that's a pretty big profit there. And uh, with that said in mind, do you think the film was worth the profit it made? I think it was probably mostly people going to see an original idea and not necessarily the quality of the film, but um, yeah, no, it was, it's a cool idea. It's, yes. It's it's something that they had not done in film before and somebody darn did it in a film and boy, did they do it. I, I couldn't agree more with that um, exact same uh, line of thought there because I think like it was mostly the idea that drew people in mm -hmm. and I think because they were able to make it relatively uh, cheap mm -hmm. there, I mean, I know three million isn't like super cheap, but by today's but standards yeah, and even ten years ago standards, right. um, it's it's still a smaller amount there. So I mean that's basically how the whole slasher genre 
was they even uh, started just low budget, you know, high profit sort of thing there. But I I think you're definitely on point about the fact that I think one of the strongest things about this film is the whole idea of the purge. Mm -hmm. It's that whole idea that I think gives this film ground to stand on. And while the other elements of the film definitely lack, I feel like the idea within itself is just entertaining enough and probably is more the reason why they've been able to make so many friggin' sequels with this series. True. Um, mm-hmm. I also they do think they, they do a pretty good job covering a lot of the questions one might ask with, you know, okay, how would a purge really affect the nation, affect these people, yada yada. So they do explore a decent amount of content. There mm-hmm. is just so much left. So I, to, I, as we were just talking about, how do you make money? Dur- what what happens during the next day of the purge? Do you, <laughs> do you just walk outside and you're like, howdy ho, neighbors. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. how you doing? Oh, sorry, we all tried to kill each other yesterday. Teehee. Let's <laughs> pretend to be nice for 364 more days. Like, does that really, does that, is that really how it goes now? Yeah, you just had to watch the sequels, man. I guess. Maybe. I haven't even watched all of them them yet yeah. i've only watched a few more man how many they made uh a lot okay. i think I, I think they even made a prequel or something a like prequel. that i i think so how they came like the first purge yes exactly mm-hmm. maybe let's see there are let's see oh there's only five of them but i know there's like a purge tv series i believe Jeez. for a little bit so uh yeah, not too many there, but oh yeah, see the first purge, the first purge, which I have not seen yet. So, uh, to be continued, purge perhaps, maybe. Um, anyhow, let's talk about the uh, plot of the film, which I feel like for a plot, it's pretty, it's pretty grounded, pretty based there. Yes. Uh, but basically, it focuses on the Sandin family, which they're like you know richer upper class uh, family, mm-hmm. where basically. It's the uh, night of the purge there, and uh, they're getting ready to uh, lock themselves in with especially their new security system that mm-hmm. uh, the dude invented, uh, made millions selling it there. And as they lock down, um, their youngest uh, son, Charlie, happens to find uh, somebody wandering the streets crying out for help. And whenever he decides to invite him in, uh, loads of problems start popping up. Uh, related to the person he helps and not related to the person he helps there so it definitely comes collapsing in on the sandin household but um i mean i feel like just focusing on like right before the purge starts and spoiler alerts following the end of the purge Mm -hmm. um i'm i feel like it's a very straightforward plot line for an idea it is, and I also do think it is a pretty cheap-to-produce way to produce The Purge, because mm-hmm. I kind of was expecting going in that we would be seeing people in the streets running for their lives kind of deal. That's not really what this Purge movie was about. It was just inside of a house for, like, 95% of it, which made sense with this plot line because it's a family just trying mm-hmm. to stay safe during The Purge, um, but not really looting, shooting, rooting, and tooting, you know. Yeah, I, I feel like overall it's, um, I have zero problems with the plot. Maybe with some of the flourishes they add, but the base structure mm-hmm. of the plot is pretty straightforward. And I feel like it's, I mean, especially if you're going to make a long-running series, a good way to start. 
sure, the yeah. whole uh, series off. So I feel like I don't really have any qualms with the plot, nor do I have anything great to say about the plot. It's no. just like, yep, yeah. it, it runs perfectly with the whole ideology and theme of the film. Right. I guess my only issue would be that you don't really get to go anywhere. You kind of get stuck in this house, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. uh, for the entire movie, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I think that's a challenging thing, and it's not really a challenge they overcame. Uh, I did I did feel a little trapped in that house for, for that entire movie. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, as far as a plot goes, I think it was a fine foundation. How they how they wrote upon that plot, well, that's a different story. But yeah, yeah, and we could definitely kind of discuss a lot more of it after we uh, talk about the characters real quick, which fortunately shouldn't be too terribly long because that that's one thing I kind of like the the there's only like a few characters that they do spend a lot of time for you to try to get to know as opposed mm-hmm. to haphazardly uh in sort of a half-assed way just like try to do a multitude of characters sure so focusing on the uh head of the sandin household we have uh, james uh sandin uh played by ethan hawk ethan hawk um he is definitely rich american white dad yeah yeah to a t there he's a family man but also believes in the purge and the foundations of america you know mm-hmm. very very rich white dad <laughs> patriotic upper class status quo holder yeah yeah i i would definitely agree and i mean i feel like ethan hawk plays it exactly as it's how it is in the script so i don't even feel like it's a fault of the actor i feel like he just goes in and just yep checks all the boxes there um i don't think he has like any over-the-top like groundbreaking performances he's just helping keep the plot chugging along he is the patriarch of the family. Yeah, his motivations are pretty straightforward. And all of his lines are pretty straightforward. I mean, a lot of the stuff in his movie is a little cringeworthy because just really white, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> He's like, hey, champ, that was cool. Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. Your left hand on the piano uh, wavers a little bit during the third act, you know? Yeah. And I feel like for what Ethan Hawke is given, uh, he does it well. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. he he does it well, but you're right. It's just very, very, very much that stereotype there. Mm -hmm. Um, Doesn't, and again, you you buy it, you believe it, and it just helps keep everything flowing along there. Uh, Next, we have uh, Lena Headey. Yeah. There. Um, it's always funny because every film I see her in our TV series, she always has a different hairstyle. It always <laughs> seems to be the case. Like, it's always something different. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, that That's a random observation I made. But, you know, same thing as Ethan Hawke. I feel like she's given just, you know, the mother of the family mm-hmm. who's just trying to do her best to try to... Um, be nurturing towards her kids, be a faithful spouse and everything. Just, mm-hmm. I, again, I don't feel like this is anything about um, Lena no. at all whatsoever because obviously she's a fantastic oh, yeah. uh, actress, absolutely amazing, especially in uh, Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. which is a very hard role. True. Um, but besides that, um, she just plays it straightforward also, but I feel yeah. like that's just what the plot ask requires, doesn't ask for any backflips or anything like no. that. I always find it funny when I'm watching Lena Headley on screen on screen because she's like, 
she acts so much with she, her expressions, you know? Yeah, she, she has like such like defined facial expression. So seeing her as like a worried mom, she's just constantly like eyebrows and oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> is very much um, acting with all the muscles in her face yes. there. I mean, not like Jim Carrey level of no, stretching no, there, no. but definitely. Yeah, you're you're definitely right. Mm-hmm. Um, she she was having a workout on her face Strength. there. Um, and then we get to the youngest kiddo, Charlie, played by um, Max uh, Burkholder. And, Burks. Yeah, and again, he's just the quirky little boy in the family there, yeah. uh, but also serves to be kind of like the one to challenge the ideals uh, his parents believe in. Right, he's like, yeah, this purge stuff's kind of fucked up. And they're like, Charlie, no. This is American. <laughs> Um, and you know, I, I feel like it was necessary to have a character like that to oh, kind yeah. of challenge the ideals that, um, his parents believed in. And, um, you know, he, they, they don't give him a lot personality wise there. He's just kind of a nerd mm-hmm. a little bit. Cause he has his, uh, um, booklet where he's writing down his blood pressure, uh, what it's added every day and hour and whatnot. And then, of course, uh, you made this joke whenever they introduced, like, the uh, low-running cam. It was like, is that a <laughs> baby with an iPhone attached to its head? And I'm like, you're not far off. <laughs> it was kind of a baby with a camera in it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I just feel like, yep, he, he's a, another character that kind of helps add a little flourish mm-hmm. to the narrative there just because of his skills and everything. So, I mean, I feel like overall that was definitely a, a sort of nice welcome there, I would mm-hmm. say, at the least. So, again, no complaints. I feel like he took the script and just ran with it exactly as it needed to. Yeah. Um, la- last member of the Sanded family is uh, Zoe, played by... Adelaide Kane, I believe that's how you pronounce it. That's how I would pronounce it. Yeah, and so I feel like overall, definitely kind of, again, filling the role of the older daughter, sister mm-hmm. role there, where basically she's like very much whatever. The horror movie staple of the sexualized minor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have that in every horror movie. Um, And I feel like, again, she does pretty well i would definitely say maybe between all the family members she gets the least amount of characterization like they they tried to do a little bit In of the something beginning, a little bit with like yeah, her boyfriend shenanigans but it and just then it's, drops yeah. off oh yeah yeah she just kind of poofs after that yeah which again it's nothing like bad on her part there it's just like again i think whenever you're trying to tell a straightforward script you know somebody's going to get screwed out of the development department yeah so yeah. i definitely think her having that extra development at the beginning was very much needed to feel like you have a grounded somewhat character to right. help continue on with the story there so um yeah i mean overall i felt like that was perfectly fine um and then of course we get to the uh one individual that uh charlie decides to save um who is only known as the Bloody Stranger. Bloody Stranger. Yes, uh, played by Edwin Hodge. And um, I feel like he's given not a lot, but he tries to make the most out of it to the nth degree there. Because really, like, everything you see uh, him do or say is very minimal. 
very very minimal there yeah. and you're supposed to kind of just fill in the pieces yourself like looking at him his demeanor the way he talks and everything and you just kind of fill in your blanks about who he was and again you only get like vague descriptions of you know other stuff so it, it's really hard and i think edwin hodge uh, really did a good job mm -hmm. there i think but again it's also like in the uh, script department, I don't think they wrote too, too much. Right. Mm -hmm. He's just, his his motivation's pretty straightforward. He's mm -hmm. just trying to survive, and uh, he's he's sort of used as more of a mm -hmm. plot device than anything, more of a character. But... Yeah, that's kind of like the interesting thing, because I feel like with the idea of the Purge, they were thinking about who would be the strong figures that would be uh represented in the purge there and it's like you have ethan hawk's character who again is the upper class person who believes in the ideals then you have edwin who most certainly does not mm -hmm. believe in the uh, ideals because again uh as you come to find out he is not uh fortunate <laughs> like the uh, sanded family is whenever it comes to financial income yes at all whatsoever he is a homeless man mm -hmm. yes and um there's definitely a lot we could talk more about him i think i'm trying to keep it somewhat spoiler free it's kind of hard mm -hmm. setting up the pieces but i would say like once the purge uh starts that's whenever it starts getting kind of to spoilers territory true um but i feel like and again we'll keep this as light as we can i think the most memorable character in the entire film um and i think even the studio knew this because i remember seeing him in the trailers was uh rise wakefield who you never know the name of he's mm -hmm. just called polite leader <laughs> and let me tell you something i think that dude was able just to easily steal the audition with just his smile alone yeah he got a face with a joker smile built in yeah absolutely and in all honesty i mean he was probably my favorite character to watch in the film because mm -hmm. i'm just like what is this dude going to do or say next there? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, like, I'd be lying if I said, like, oh, is this, like, one of the best, you know, performances I've seen in any, like, horror film or film entirely? No. Yeah. But it's still pretty good. I mean, they knew what they were doing casting him, and he knew what he wanted to do with the role there. I mean, because, I, I don't know, do you remember seeing him in the uh, trailers and stuff? Just, like, him staring up at the camera? At the camera? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I definitely think, you know, he was definitely going to be one of the draws to this film. And mm -hmm. he really is. Like, um, this is my second time seeing him, and I enjoy him as much the second time as I did the first time there. Mm -hmm. uh, how they develop his character and everything towards the end, we'll talk a little bit about that there. But yeah. overall, I mean, I thought Rice hit it out of the park with this role there. Just, I, I think he, he was the one to... Uh, really spring it to life but again i think he has the privilege of just being more insane so yeah. he sticks out a lot more as opposed to like you know the sanded family or the blaze stranger where they have to be a lot more grounded whereas uh during the purge there's a lot of uh people uh cuckoo for cocoa puffs true. running around true they've been building this up all year and they finally get to let it all out like a kid on christmas Yes, but, I mean, aside from that, the only other character I could think of that has some little relevance there is um, Zoe's uh, boyfriend, Henry, True. which, again, uh, helps 
question mark with the development there dialogue to be questioned yeah yeah I've, i'll have things to say about that mm-hmm. guy when we get to spoiler territory um, but. but overall he's there and you know there are other characters in the story but i think overall there's i don't know maybe you have a different opinion but there's just n- really nothing much and i feel like we'd just be going down like yep that's a character yep that's a character no i agree yeah there are kind of like mm-hmm. clusters of characters you could talk about like all the neighbors kind of form into one character really and, mm-hmm. you know uh, the polite leader who he's leading is kind of all just one entity you know but mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I don't think it's worth diving into any of that but yeah so i, I would say overall the uh six characters we talked about um minus henry in all honesty there are kind of the more standout uh roles i would argue in the purge there so overall i think like whenever it comes to cast of characters as a whole they do the job Mm -hmm. you know they go in there wasn't anything like abhorrently bad with the main six per se there definitely some cheesy lines both intentional and unintentional most certainly unintentional (laughs) there um but yeah, and if we dig through the um, rest of the film there, um, I feel like the film is very nicely uh, uh, edited there for the most part. Yeah, sure, like, yeah. I, I, I like that, you know, they really play up with the security footage camera of just doing, mm-hmm. like, kind of very uh, eerie sort of imagery there and everything else like that. Um, I do like how with the uh, baby cam footage there yeah. um they there is a visible downgrade without doing like the stupid you know uh we're actually recording this is how much battery like the right, fake then. overlay stuff you see all the time mm-hmm. um i like how that's done there um i do like that the film is set in uh the magical year of 2022 right they did not have the foresight of uh the the, the gift of future knowledge to know yeah it's always 2022 would actually look like yeah it's always it's always interesting although i will say their 2022 is closer than blade runner's 2019 that's fair yeah They weren't casting as far into the future, though. But. Yes, true, true. Only, like, nine years into the future mm-hmm. there. Um, I mean, it's hard to kind of talk about the film without talking about, like, more spoiler stuff. But I feel like whenever it comes to, like, um, the special effects, there is some uh, practical effects and then some CG- CGI effects. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, overall, practical is always looks good for the most part in mm-hmm. more modern day and cgi there's definitely some shots that i'm like okay i could see like the green highlight around the <laughs> uh special effects they threw onto there mm-hmm. um but uh i will ask whenever it comes to um the antagonist like i'm i don't know i don't know there's probably a term in the purge that they would call it, but the purgers, the purgers, um, you know, like led by the polite leader. How did mm-hmm. you feel of them being like a horror antagonist there? Cause that's the one thing I want to talk about is the fact that I, I don't know if you've noticed this during like Halloween events, you'll see some people with like what I call the purge mask there mm-hmm. and everything. So it's left like an impact for sure. How do you think, um, the purgers stand as a antagonist? In this film, um, well, I'll, 
I'll go ahead and put a little footnote here for spoiler territory and just saying that, and I'll elaborate on this later, but just saying I think this movie has an antagonist problem um, with like who is the antagonist when, but we don't have to talk about that now. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the purgers, the uh, led by the polite leader, I thought stylistically like they were fine. I, the one thing I did think was interesting is actually most of them were wearing masks that like just kind of look like caricatures of themselves or caricatures mm-hmm. of rich white people. <laughs> but like they were rich white people. They were dressed up in preppy suits and stuff and they were talking about all this classes bullshit of like, you know, we gotta kill homeless people. Um, <laughs> uh, and so like they were, their motivation was yeah, essentially classist and racist. Uh, but they were wearing masks that usually you'd wear a mask of you know something to hide your identity but even in the beginning the polite leader pulls off a mask that looks like exactly like his actual face (laughs) and so it's kind of it i did think that was funny um but yeah a lot of the stuff where it's like the white dress covered in blood with the machete or whatever i felt like at this point in horror movie things was a little a little derivative a little unoriginal but um I did think, like, the polite leaders get up of just, like, people in preppy outfits, like, shooting and stabbing people was a little more scary because it was a little more, like, I don't know, original and realistic because, like, these kids are, like, we're rich and we have a right to kill people or whatever. (laughs) It's, like, not as far off from reality as, like, I'm going to be in a Halloween costume and kill somebody, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely interesting um, because I do feel like, you know, now whether how high they are on the horror tier of being iconic, I do think they do succeed in being like somewhat iconic there. Because mm-hmm. again, like even though it is just like them and just like nice clothing and with masks that kind of don't really make them look like uh, characters or anything. Because trust me, I'm sure you've seen loads of like other movie posters for the purge films they definitely change up the mask variety there Mm -hmm. but i feel like for the first film you know it's simplistic but it works there like you know you just see like the again the very characterized uh mask that are very close to the face almost Mm -hmm. i mean i feel like uh the polite leader there could easily match the smile of his mask there just with how cartoonishly high it is and everything and you know their mannerisms of them just either just you know acting like violent children Mm -hmm. in every aspect there definitely makes them stand out um and i do think it does hit a little close to home because um again it's one of those things that it does get closer to life but also manages to fantasize it a little bit there just to make them seem kind of more it's not even like there's an individual killer like jason it's more like an entity right there just based on the idea and i do think that is a very uh clever idea to make a whole film about so um even though my score may not reflect this per se i feel like the idea of the film is arguably the best thing about this film as a whole i would agree with that yeah Mm -hmm. i think it's a it's a concept film that you know, they might not have executed great on the first time because they're just trying to make a movie with $3.3 million, and most of that probably went to Ethan Hawke and Lena Headey. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, what, what were you left with? Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, 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 I definitely have things in this film that seemed to detract from, you know, my overall enjoyment and experience of it. But uh, overall... 
that's what drove things to the theater were ideas. Ideas mm-hmm. are important, people. So. <laughs> take notes, y'all. Yeah. Take notes. Um, aside from that, buddy, anything else you want to talk about before diving into spoilers? Um, I don't know. Like, there are things I could talk about. I really honestly think a lot of the sound design and um, kind of jump scares and things they were going for were all pretty derivative of other horror movies i've seen i i, I feel mm-hmm. like i've heard that same like they were just pulling like horror movie soundtrack samples to do every like creepy violin mm-hmm. when the guy shows up and it's like i felt like i i for such an original idea and concept i was kind of disappointed by the lack of originality in some of the other areas um yeah of this film so i mean with that said like i like i could like run through the list of other stuff but i just don't think there's a whole lot that's unique and mm-hmm. talkable about this movie besides the actual purge concept but. yeah um i i think you're definitely right and uh even though i didn't mention like i did like the uh, editing of cinematography mm-hmm. i think there's definitely a lot of moments that are not good mm-hmm. not good i think just more visually i guess that's where i was leaning more towards on yeah, editing yeah there. yeah because sound department rise yeah it's just pretty eh, mm-hmm. there and then the jump scares you are most certainly correct i never felt like there was just like one original thing they did there yeah, they, are, they overused them a lot mm-hmm. they did the thing that is kind of a marker of like poor quality horror movies for me where it's like before the horror even starts, they feel like they got to scare you. So it's like, oops, the daughter was around the corner. <laughs> oops, the son scares the mom. He was behind the fridge, you know? And it's like, shut the fuck Like, it's not, it, it's not only cheap, it's like not effective. And it's just kind of dampens yeah. the, those sorts of jump scares. And just, I felt like they didn't do a great job of building realistic tension throughout the movie. And I can explain sort of why and give examples and spoilers. Yeah. But I just, I didn't feel like for as scary as a concept as it could be, that it was actually that spooky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's definitely totally fair to uh, mention there. So, um, aside from that, man, uh, I guess we might as well uh, talk about uh, our ratings. How about oh, it? Yeah. Okay, uh, Aaron, I will let you be uh, the first. I'll give it... One growl out of ten. That was a reference to the boyfriend in the beginning when they growled at him. I growled at each other. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought you were doing a Nixon impersonation. No, they were they growled at each other <laughs> saying, "I oh, love he, you." That the yeah. I, I'm sorry, Henry. That was some of the worst growling I had ever heard. It was bad growling. It was bad growling. It was a bad idea. It's not the only bad idea Henry had that night. <laughs> Oh my um, God. Let me tell you. Um, wow, yeah. I mean, my rating is also propped up by the idea, and then do- it doesn't do much to glide beyond that. Um, yeah, uh, we can dig into some of some of the issues I had. They're really they're little thorns in my side. Overall, it was an entertaining movie. It is a movie that I feel like, you know, if you want to watch the movie for the concept, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just don't expect much beyond the concept. And so for that, I give it a, a solid 4 out of 10. This is a 4 out of 10 film. Um, it was enjoyable. Um, it was kind of mindless. Um, and there was, a, there was just not a lot of depth to it. But, you know, you don't always need depth in your film. You could just watch some people in a rich household shoot some other people. <laughs> that's all you want. Uh, that's, that's fine. But that's uh, that only boosts it to a 4 for me. 
I think that's totally fair and understandable there. Totally fair and understandable. Uh, going in, I remembered a lot of the stuff because I, I knew, like, the twist and everything. Mm -hmm. It had been a while since I had seen the film, so I was like, uh, you know, like, whenever it came to re-watching the film, um, I noticed that the parts that I did like uh, definitely felt more brief mm -hmm. and the parts that I felt uncertain about, um, I wasn't quite as big of a fan of the mm -hmm. second time round there mm -hmm. where I'm like, okay. Uh, one thing I will mention that is a huge bonus is that the film flies by pretty quickly. Like it yeah. definitely, it definitely could have been way longer because there's been some films where, you know, I feel like I've been there for like three hours and it's only an hour and a half film. Mm -hmm. uh, so while it does linger a bit, it does keep up the pace there. But yeah, overall, I would definitely say this is a little bit of a lower score than what I'd get the first time around. Because again, the idea, I was just like, wow, this is a really nifty idea. I like a ton. I'd probably rate it a five out of ten in all honesty there. Mm. Um, I just feel like, again, if, if it wasn't for how original and cool the idea was to base a whole film around it would definitely bring it down like if it was just like some regular home invasion film mm -hmm. and they didn't talk about the whole political charge that's underneath there and just talking about like this ideal uh because they do dive into that you know because like that's one of my favorite things as a polite reader is talking he's like this is our american rights to do this yeah you know and i feel like just having that extra you know political charge behind their words they speak and their motivation does elevate the film for me you know because you definitely believe that these people are truly feeling like you know this is what it's like to be a patriot you know yeah. this is our rights and everything and i feel like it does elevate it to um a bit of a high art level now I, it's still a 5 out of 10, mm. so the, the high is definitely not the highest art can go in film there, but, you know, I, I think it's a pretty good average watch. I mean, I could see why, uh, especially with our generation um, growing up, uh, this is like a film He's like, oh, yeah, you want to go check out this film? It's going to be crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, people going crazy, being able to commit whatever crimes they want. Um, and I do, and this is a small thing, I do like how they do mention what is legal and what isn't legal mm -hmm. there. I thought that was like a nifty charge that, you know, they didn't have to do, but they did have the decency to be like, uh, you can't kill like these important leaders that are ranked this high. You can't use weapons that go above this level. Mm -hmm. But uh, other than that, you know, have at it. So um i'm definitely very curious to see about uh spoilers and uh, what we're able to discuss there so um if for some reason you haven't seen the purge or anything like that um and don't want to get spoiled definitely uh bow out here but other than that aaron and i are going to uh chug right along as we talk about the first spoiler here first spoiler yeah. first spoiler alert 7 p.m we're gonna purge the first this spoiler this is the first spoiler <laughs> No Class C spoilers can be <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about it, man. Uh, yeah. Hey, well, let's start with the first, the first spoiler chronologically that I would like to talk about, and that's Henry. I want to talk about Henry, Henry's motivations, Henry's quick demise, how they set up a conflict with him and just immediately scrubbed it. Um... <laughs> At the same time that they were introducing another conflict for an inexplicable reason. 
uh, Henry, Henry, Henry. Wow. I will say it was both a good and a bad decision to kill that guy really early because he <laughs> was really cringe. Um, <laughs> You're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong about the cringe. I just like, okay, like the, the cringe setup in the beginning where they're growling at each other and then he's like... <laughs> Baby, oh, it doesn't matter that I'm 35 and you're 12. I'm talk to your dad about it or whatever. Uh, like uh, he he wasn't probably that. He they seemed they looked like the same age. But I don't know, man. Um, they, they, according to the script, he was much older. Um, and yeah, he had to go talk to his his dad about it. He was he, like he was a good character in the fact that he was a creepy guy and he snuck into the house obviously to kill the dad. This is, this is going to be a running theme with my criticisms. It's pretty obvious to see where the plot's going, and most of the time, I was like, yeah, you think he snuck into his house during the purge to talk to him? Like, oh, the doors are locked, now we can chat. I'm going to try to kill the dad. I didn't think it was going to be that quickly, though. He's just like, Mr. Sandin, yeah, gun. <laughs> yeah. I just, I guess my biggest spoiler is, like, the fact that he goes to kill the dad at the same time that the homeless guy brings in really just sunk the tension out of both of those plot points and then the dad just shoots and kills him immediately and it was like wow the purge has been happening for like 10 minutes and already this entire i thought there was going to be two like conflicts here like there's two bad guys okay mysterious man in the house that the son let in and then uh evil boyfriend that wants to kill the dad but no he shoots and kills the boyfriend immediately so that conflict is just like whiffed I was like, okay, maybe he's crawling around and he's bloody, but the dad goes and finds him immediately. He's like, wow, he's dead. <laughs> so that just poofed any tension out of that situation. I don't know. What did you think about Henry and his very short-lived plot? Um, massive cringe for sure mm -hmm. there. But I do think it is like a nifty idea how they did spin it into him being sort of an antagonist there. Yeah. Um, cause I, I do believe this is something, you know, uh, not mentally well boyfriend would no. do like, it's like, Oh, if the dad doesn't approve of me, if I kill him, then that'll make it okay. Then despite be with his daughter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Despite the fact that it's a terrible idea, I right. could see somebody believing in that for sure. And there. that's why I was like, mm -hmm. cool that this makes sense. This is going somewhere. And then they went nowhere. <laughs> yes, and, but I didn't even think about the fact that, you know, introducing, uh, you know, the uh, bloody stranger into the house at the same point that uh, the boyfriend decides to try to take uh, pot shots at uh, Ethan Hawke. Um, I, I definitely felt like it could have been just edited so much better. Like, at least maybe have the bloody stranger come in first there mm -hmm. um but i think they did want to introduce that somehow um the boyfriend was able to sneak in before they closed it down there but right. i think it would definitely be sort of an interesting cat and mouse thing because um having the bloody stranger which nobody knows anything about which i do like mm -hmm. you know while while i did kind of like you know lament about there not being a lot on the script for the blaze stranger i feel like him being shrouded in mystery kind of leaves it up as okay is this dude right. actually going to turn out to be evil or crazy or is he just going to kill everybody in a will to survive there like what is he going mm -hmm. to do um having that and the boyfriend who wants to kill the dad like you know trapped inside their house roaming around meanwhile you have the polite stranger banging on the door being like hey uh 
we want to kill the homeless dude bring him bring him out otherwise uh we're gonna mess things up for you mm -hmm. like having three points of contention would have definitely um been a really crazy idea the only reason as to why i can surmise they didn't do it is the fact that they wanted to spend time on other stuff there right. which i can understand but i think definitely the they're surprisingly there wasn't too much tension i felt uh the first time watching film mm -hmm. maybe just a little bit but then especially the second time around watching it the tension i had felt previously was a little bit alleviated mm -hmm. more so so i'm just like okay we're walking around the house that dude's coming right there yeah. and i just didn't feel that same adrenaline as i do with other horror films i watch uh, repeatedly there right mm -hmm. I, I felt like they could have done the same idea and just executed it better where you know the whole the the bloody stranger is there it's really tense you know ethan hawk's got the gun on him and they're yelling at the sun back and forth why'd you let him in they're trying to figure out is this guy good or bad and the guy's just stuck there and then you know linger on that a bit so that it feels tense and right when you think something's gonna happen then the boyfriend is like mr sandin or whatever <laughs> yes and then it's like oh fuck and then that's what lets the bloody stranger get away or whatever like they they were setting up and then he mm -hmm. and then and then kind of string along and you also needed to set up the boyfriend a little bit more because it was just like they had a scene before the purge and so obviously there's no like real conflict there they're just introducing him and then they had a scene right as the purge began where he's in the room and they're making out and then he's like i'm gonna go talk to you dead and he's like, you didn't let it, like, linger enough. Like, if he was, like, sneaking around the house and just, like, mm -hmm. the daughter was getting more suspicious of, like, why are you? Or, you know, like, mm -hmm. yeah, like if there's if there's just, you just let that tension build. But I feel like they shook up the bottle and then they instantly took off the cap. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You got to let it fizzle. You know? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, just, I just feel like they, and they probably did it in the interest of time or, you know, whatever. But it just, mm -hmm. the end result was that, neither of those plot lines were super um as tense as they could be um they gave mm -hmm. more time to the bloody stranger later obviously but mm -hmm. um the boyfriend i feel like was just completely dudded out for me yeah for sure i i feel like i understand why they did it but also because they snuffed out that plot line so quickly it mm -hmm. just kind of makes it seem a little bit pointless even like because what could have also been compelling is if the boyfriend got a shot off on ethan hawk mm -hmm. and so then he now he's crippled right. and so at least there's a you know a lead up because really what was the only lead up to the boyfriend dying there right. you know just shocking i guess i don't know it caused i guess like their point was that it like gave a reason for the daughter to just be hysteric and running around and not be with the family the whole time mm -hmm. but even that didn't leave any tension because like the third time she ran off i was like whatever die then like it's like why, mm -hmm. why are you not sticking with the family they were just like splitting up like all right gang let's split up <laughs> as much as possible for no reason but I... yeah I, I i think you're definitely correct with that there um I, and it's so funny because again you just never really build any sort of like there's not a whole lot of character development. I mean, really, the only character development that happens is probably with Ethan Hawke's character because he's such a firm believer in the Purge. But then after he confronts the bloody stranger, you know, and they get into a fight, and then, you know, they're duct taping him to a chair, having uh, Lena stab him with the letter opener to try to calm, like, to have him stop resisting there. So they tape him to the chair. And again, he only changes his mind. Um, after he sees like how distraught his daughter is about mm -hmm. it as well um he's the only one and he's just like oh no we'll just uh we'll defend him 
Uh, and I do, and it's funny because I had thought about this initially, but I was like, did they just forget they typed him up to the chair? But on the other <laughs> hand, I'm wondering if, again, the uh, filmmakers just want us to fill in the blanks that we would maybe assume he would want to keep the Blaze Stranger taped up to a chair because he's like, I'll let you live. I don't know who you are, though, or what you're going to do, so it's just safer to keep you taped up. Right. Mm -hmm. And also maybe a thought in the back of his head, well, maybe they'll kick down the door and see him taped up in the living room and not kill my family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Just like having a trade-off there mm -hmm. and everything. But, you know, there's really not a whole lot of... Um you know, big arcs for the characters to make yeah. them feel like, you know, they're such deep characters. Because, um, again, even with the Bloody Stranger, there's only, like, a few hints of maybe you can guess what he was. Because, like, there's one scene where you see his dog tags hanging out. So right. you, you can assume, like, okay, he served in the military. And, you know, there's a lot of sad stories where people served in the military. And then as soon as they get back, they're so messed up, they can't really hold down a job mm -hmm. or anything like that and end up being homeless there. Mm -hmm. um, but, again... They don't talk about the bloody strangers past or anything there. Uh, the, you know, it's one of those things that he's just a good guy. Yeah. That doesn't want to die. And that's kind of why mm -hmm. I said in the non-spoiler territory that he's more of a plot device than a character. He sort of represents the humanization of what everybody else in the purge is trying to dehumanize, which mm -hmm. is like poor people just need to die. <laughs> <laughs> like stop being poor. I don't know what to tell mm -hmm. you. And so he's sort of like the the face behind, okay, yeah. because they're all comfortable living in their little security systems and being like, well, the purge just happens and it's every, mm -hmm. everything's good now because of the purge. <laughs> um, and he's the face of like, no, everything's not good. You know? Yes, for sure. And, you know, I feel like it is a strong, like, political message there because right. I do think that is like something that, you know, especially if you're upper class higher class you overlook the mm -hmm. problems like poverty and that was one of my favorite things kind of all the tv footage of people talking about the purge i thought that was right. one of the more interesting aspects of people talking about like you know they say uh the purge is something they do uh solely because of money however um a lot of people believe that killing the homeless helps eliminate uh poverty in mm -hmm. that way you know and everyone's just having like their scientific political talks about the purge mm -hmm. which again i think that's the reason why the filmmakers you know just had the most fun is just talking about the idea of and the purge i will say i i get like a little sensitive about like how news is portrayed in popular mm -hmm. culture or whatever i actually liked how they did the news really this one. it was pretty like it was pretty uh fucking i guess it would be accurate if the purge actually happened here's what the news would look like because they would just would love to talk about all the purge shit that's happening mm -hmm. but then also it's actually balanced because we had one or two people on that were like um well actually purging is just killing homeless people <laughs> yeah but, but like no like actual footage of like homeless people dying on the streets or anything like mm -hmm. I, I don't know I, it felt, I was comfortable with how they portrayed news coverage because it's just sort mm. of like um, maintaining the status quo. I would have been upset if there were like reporters out in the street being like, sir, are you perching tonight? You know, like, because <laughs> of course they're going to not be out there. You know, like you could have done it so wrong and I feel like people mm. do it so wrong so often, but um, they really didn't like the news just just started up again like after mm -hmm. all the purge happened they weren't keeping the news channels on they were just like whoa look at all this purge because like 
what fucking dude is going to be out there with a camera? Like, oh, all these people purging in Dallas tonight. Like, <laughs> they were just talking about, I don't know, that's a weird little detail. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like that they did the media portrayal fine. Yeah, um, I, I think that was definitely, it, it's so funny to think about that maybe they had more fun doing that as opposed to actually talking about the story there. Because well, even with the radio shows at the beginning, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, hey, what are you planning on doing for the purge tonight? I'm going to kill my boss. <laughs> whoa, <laughs> whoa. whoa. <laughs> Hey, happy purging to you. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I I mean, I definitely thought it was like, you know, a parody almost of mm-hmm. like what news coverage would be. But it was like one that was, you know, what parody is supposed to be to poke fun and be accurate of, you know, this is probably how they would, <laughs> this is probably how they would handle this situation. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that's a good, solid uh, bullet point there just to kind of uh, mention is just like how they portray the news in this film mm-hmm. um i again kind of talking about the whole beliefs about the whole event of the purge mm-hmm. that's one thing that i find the polite leader so interesting about is yeah. the fact that he doesn't immediately be like hey i know you have this homeless dude let me tear it down he he comes at it in a civil manner for quite a little bit of time you can definitely tell he's unhinged but he's walking up he's like hey um uh, I was talking to the neighbors and they said you brought that dude in and uh you know gotta be honest uh we we were hunting him down i mean you know it's our american right plus he killed one of our dudes so Mm -hmm. uh you know we're like of the same you know pedigree right there just just bring him out and we'll just you know exercise our right as american citizens you know Mm -hmm. and he's just he's he it's like for the world they live in It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, he's speaking with logical basis stuff. I mean, yes, he's trying to kill somebody, but if you think about it, it is legal. It's not right, but it is legal there. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. I also like that whenever he's, like, calling the second time, he's like, hey, can we just meet up in person, talk to talk, you know, like, because they were talking over the camera first yeah. uh, through camera footage, and then they talk through, like, the little, like, window slit that's at the front uh bolted like metal door they have Mm -hmm. and you know he's like talking he's like you know um hey i know you haven't brought him out yet uh you might want to bring him out before uh the boys and i come over and we just kind of uh mess things up yeah for you and then um even seeing like the one lackey behind him just get super violent and primal and everything talking Mm -hmm. and then the polite leader just without a without a second guess just blowing his brains out there he's like yeah that was my friend um and if i'm willing to do that for him uh i i can't imagine what i'm willing to do to somebody i don't even know (laughs) there i i just really love that and that was like another parts of my favorite films is like that stuff which makes me i don't know I guess sad. I guess sad's the right word mm-hmm. that he doesn't get a, as much screen time as you would think with yeah, being yeah. played up, you know, on it. But I do like it. And even whenever he is finally like, okay, well, fine. I'm just going to have to kill you and your entire family since you're not willing to let us purge. Right. Because um, he is, you could definitely tell he is deep in the weeds of the purge philosophy. He's purged up, dude. He's kind. He he really represents that sort of like rich alt right. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's kind of a Nazi. Like, let's just put yes, it. absolutely. <laughs> Even having like you know the like you know, uh, 
uh, college attire there with, mm-hmm. like, that patch logo there. He looks there. like he's on a swim team. Mm-hmm. And he probably, like, raped some people and then got <laughs> oh off of it God. because... <laughs> Because he's, you know, well, he wouldn't want to ruin this man's bright future, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do find him endearing as a uh, character. Uh, g- you know, again, a little goofy, for sure. Definitely for sure there. But whenever they do uh, break in to uh, terrorize a family after they decide they're going to defend this bloody stranger... Um, I, I do like how they do it in a realistic manner that, okay, we'll just hide in a house and pray we could take them off one by one because mm-hmm. there's a lot of them swarming in. And I feel like for the most part, um, whenever they were swarming in, there's like a couple of like good scares, but then other than that, I surprisingly didn't feel too much of anything else with the other purgers. Like some of them would act a little goofy, you know, like there's like the couple where he has like his what I assume to be girlfriend on his back as they're just mm-hmm. like waltzing through the house. But for the most part, it's just kind of masked individuals just I, kind of I, I running like in. Couple th- I feel like it really did describe like, these are some kids, some privileged kids that get to do the hunting and they're going out and they're, they're looking forward. They're having a fun night on the town. This is Halloween mm-hmm. for them. You know what I mean? And then they, he comes waltzing in the room and Ethan Hawke's there with the shotgun and he goes, and he goes, Oh fuck. And like, yeah. <laughs> and he immediately disperses. Yeah. But like it goes from like being a fun, like peekaboo. I'm going to get you a moment mm-hmm. to being like, Oh shit. Right. People die. <laughs> and yes. Then, and then they're fighting for their life. Yeah. And I feel like overall the, uh, like the scenes where they fight with each other overall, I feel like are just, fairly okay mm-hmm. they're not the best they're not the worst i've ever seen there and you would think it would be like super over the top because again like ethan hawk smashes somebody's head uh to decide with like a cue ball yeah something <laughs> like that from the pool table or slams the other dude's head on the pinball mm-hmm. um but i mean i feel like overall whenever it came to the kills they weren't like super memorable like all i remembered about the kills is that oh yeah they are they're like in a game room or something like that Mm -hmm. uh but aside from that it was just okay okay and maybe it's it's just because i've been very spoiled in the slasher genre where you have to creatively come up with these insane ideas but i I think you're mm -hmm. right there's so much of the and so much of the like jump scare kind of stuff or not even jump scare but like surprise kind of stuff Mm -hmm. was just someone else being around the corner with a gun and then someone gets shot and dead. Like, it became so tiresome at one point that by the time they were, like, all tied up as a family and all the neighbors were out there, like, I was just calling it. I was like, all right, the homeless guy's going to come with a gun and kill them all now. And then, mm-hmm. and then he did that. You know, it was, there's, like, every kill, like, like Ethan Hawke turns a corner and then the, the, mass, the, the polite stranger's there and stabs him or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I would have loved to see like a fight between them. Especially yes. between someone who claims to love the purge so much. Wouldn't you love the violence aspect of it? Wouldn't mm-hmm. you want to like savor in it? And he has moments of that where he's trying to like savor it but then whenever uh-huh. it comes to actual... Like I would love for him to have like a baseball bat and him and Ethan Hawke just like fight it out or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. But, or I mean, you know if that at least give it to somebody else. Right. You know give us that big ultimate fight because I think the interesting thing about the um, polite leader um, is basically whenever you see him walk through the house, he's not like bashing up the walls or goofing around or anything. Mm-hmm. He's just analyzing, bringing everything in and just like looking at this family that he's about to wipe out. Right. I think he just enjoys knowing that he's able to like take life from somebody. I think right. that's 
his thing because even the way he kill well he doesn't kill the way he uh stabs uh ethan hawk it first of all it's goofy as hell yeah. just the fact that you know he just rounds a corner perfectly stabbing his machete through there and again you know you see like him going yeah you know i'm <laughs> doing that there and he's just like how does it feel to be purged, to <laughs> be cleansed? Soul's been cleansed. You know, and you could just tell this is like a religious thing for him. Like mm-hmm. he is so ingrained in it. He's not using it as an excuse to, you. well, I don't know. Let me, I feel like it's one of those things that you could tell some people are just using the purge as an excuse just to be awful there. Mm-hmm. And while I think the polite uh, leader is definitely doing all this because it's allowed to Mm -hmm. it's like this is just sort of like cathartic for him it's like a spiritual thing he's going through there where he's like you know i am doing what's right in the beliefs you know but it's also Mm -hmm. like i feel like yes it is it it reaches Mm -hmm. the point of religion to him where it's like Mm -hmm. yes you know and he's talking about all the soul cleansing stuff but the root of that is killing poor people for him it's what he's like he's like yelling at the top of his air like he's like Mm -hmm. outside talking about like give me the filth the swine we have to cleanse them Mm -hmm. from the earth or whatever and like not you and me though because we're rich but like these poor people you gotta kill them um like that's why he's home hunting the filthy homeless in the Mm -hmm. first place um that's actually a really good aspect there so maybe it's just like a matter of respect like no hard feelings i mean i think it's like a i mean a little bit i think he enjoys the purge and killing Mm -hmm. Ethan too i don't think he wanted to uh he was he wanted to kill the because he's sophisticated like that right yeah but the the sort of ironic balance there is his sophistication is Mm -hmm. killing black and poor people yes he's he's like literally like a nazi the nazis were Mm -hmm. very well dressed you know but (laughs) very very polite but they weren't uh they weren't like and you could you could say that their fanaticism Mm -hmm. reached religious heights but it's not you know it's obviously not you know yeah it's it's still an excuse quote unquote yes ethnic and classist cleansing you know <laughs> yeah for sure it was one of those things that it was hard to phrase it was only in comparison to the other like you know people that are just like oh it's just fun right, or people right. that are just again you can tell unhinged because you see a couple of purgers like just smashing up the walls and photos and everything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i i just found it unique that they were able to take the purge again i think they're just having fun coming up with who would celebrate the purge or mm-hmm. what kind of people would they be uh, going through there but um i also love the 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 stupid but wouldn't have it any other way moment where the polite stranger just kisses ethan hawk's forehead as yeah. he lays him <laughs> down so um it's it's just so funny uh i also like the fact that i don't know if he got this but i like the tactic that he didn't kill him he lets him live so that way he's able to drag and drag the attention to family mm-hmm. as he like stalks him from a distance. Yeah. There because, you know, basically seeing Ethan Hawk just bleeding everywhere, uh, stuff like that, and then all the you know, uh the majority of the family meets up, they're like, Oh my god, are you okay there? And then he just approaches and he's just like, All right, you know, time to start cleansing, time yeah. to start purging. Um, and it does lead to like a pretty silly, stupid death with like the daughter all of a sudden whipping around the corner with a gun and just blasting Which is him. How everybody in this movie dies, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, the the son in the beginning was about to die, and then Ethan Hawke swoops out around the corner and shoots who, who was killing him, mm-hmm. and then 
Lena Headey was getting attacked by two people, and then mm. the neighbors shoot and kill him. You know what I mean? Like, there's just so many moments where, like, oh, no, it's about to die. They're about to die. It's just got to the point where, yeah, that was literally, like, the fourth or fifth time where a character was about to die, mm-hmm. like, imminent death. And then I was like, all right, well, who's not on screen? Okay, the daughter's going to whip around and shoot him. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it just was very predictable yeah. there. Um, so I, I think that's totally fair. And like I said, there is a lot of moments that happen throughout the film, but it's just so uneventful or unimpactful there that it yeah. just feels like, you know, we could acknowledge it, but really couldn't say anything else about it. Because I know, especially with the Blaze Stranger, you know, there's a whole thing where the son helps him hide in this like secret area that's established at the beginning of the film mm-hmm. uh, through baby cam, you know, mm-hmm. there. And then, you know, the blade strangers using a daughter being held hostage to try to get himself from being killed. It's just, it's just stuff that happens and you know, what's going to happen. Right. You know, and it just keeps going forward. And, um, even, uh, you, you <laughs> I know that you probably could predict this, but um, whenever you look on footage and you see another group of people coming up and killing the purgers, mm-hmm. you know, you're thinking like, oh, that's like the neighbors, you know, are they coming to help out? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> and they become the the next antagonist. And that's probably, that was what mm-hmm. I was mentioning earlier with this, this movie has an antagonist problem is they just keep on introducing them and then wasting them and then introducing them and then wasting them. And there's not like. Like the, the 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 polite stranger lasts the longest, and the purgers that are, are mm-hmm. with him, but even then he gets you know one moment where he stabs Ethan Hawke, and then another moment where he stands over them, and then he gets shot. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. not like there's not like a lot of conflict to match with the actual. There's not enough tension to be built up to match with the actual antagonist. So it's like the boyfriend was the antagonist, and then he dies, and then the homeless stranger was the antagonist, and then he's like. Um, mm-hmm. save your family or whatever well, like before the purgers get in so you know he's good and then mm-hmm. um, and then yeah and then, the, and then the, the purgers are all there and they die pretty quickly and the neighbors come in and then the neighbors and the antagonists and then they get dispatched pretty quickly too it's just like and 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 and, and it's like it, it, they don't let anything build up you know mm-hmm. no I, I think that's a totally uh, fair point there that I feel like between all the antagonists the polite leader was um, probably the strongest there but because of that you're left with like weaker antagonists there mm-hmm. and it sucks because the polite leader is killed like right before kind of like the big you know end that mm-hmm. they have there and you know I get it it's like subverting expectations there where it's like okay we eliminated we think the neighbors are going to help but no mm-hmm. turns out uh, they actually hate them and while I can believe their motivation as to why they would, they are just like, oh, we actually hate you all, but we knew that we wouldn't be able to kill you, so we didn't bother about it. But once we saw an opportunity pop up, right. yeah, we're, we're, we're taking that opportunity and running with it. And so I believe like, it. but It's it, hinted at at the mm-hmm. beginning, too, when they're bringing cookies. And she's like, wow, a new addition. We kind of all paid for that. Ha ha ha. Just neighborhood gossip. Ha ha. They didn't cast me because I look unhinged this entire time or anything. <laughs> That's not why they cast me for this movie. I'm not going to come try to kill you later. Um, oh, my god! It would have been a more subverting expectations if she was like, all right, stay safe, and just left afterwards. <laughs> yeah, they, they should have gotten, like, a much more normal acting thing. Yeah. Which I know, like, why they casted her, because there's definitely a lot of people that are upper class that do act like that, and right. you imagine. They probably just act the same way if they were actually being violent and crazy mm-hmm. there. And um, 
I, the first time I watched it, I, I saw it and I was like, I think this is just a parody of like, you know, rich white people that they act yeah. like this, rich you know, that she's parody. actually not going to be like crazy at the end. And then no, she's crazy at the end. And it's, it's worse the second time round, but it is so brief that mm-hmm. by the time you're like, okay, I get it. it it's already done. True. Um, but yeah, like all the neighbors there, they're just like all faceless, nameless there. Mm-hmm. And again, I know, I, I'm, I'm sure they're probably going with the same entity idea as they did with like the usual purgers there, where it's just like a representation of the upper class there mm-hmm. versus the purger, which is a mix of like upper well let's just be honest mostly upper class people that are participating in the purge there and i just felt like it's pretty weak i mean yeah Mm -hmm. it's kind of terrifying seeing like you know now that ethan hawk's dead that they are taping up the rest of the family there but again it's like you haven't seen the bloody stranger in some time and you're just like this is where he's gonna appear right sometime soon and there he is, right. um, diffusing the situation. I do, I do like how they have that stupid freaking like purge chant, you know, there. Because again, they're upholding the American ideal of the purge there, and it's not to say that I couldn't see it happening, but I think it just works better with. Um, it worked better with the polite leader, I felt, than just the neighbors there, yeah. just all chanting there. So I felt like that kind of sizzled out the tension of the ending. I do also like that the Bloody Stranger also knows to uh, use the baby car just to roll across <laughs> playing music. And, you know, I'm not questioning it. He knows about it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just, silly. I don't know. It's like one of those, like, uh, technically, how would he have time to know it? It's very <laughs> difficult to navigate or whatever but he, he takes them out i do like that you know whenever it comes to them being lined up and you know the neighbors are like oh come on just kill us kill mm-hmm. us it's all part of the purge all part of the purge and then you know lena just decides no this is you know my my kids were right about this this isn't what i want to support anymore mm-hmm. and i do like how they just have like that huge awkward scene where they're just sitting at the dinner table there just waiting for the purge yeah just waiting for the purge to end and that they do try to pull some crap Mm -hmm. (laughs) to try to kill there um i mean i feel like for an ending of the film it ends exactly the way i would imagine the first film would end you know it's just like okay we show the start of the purge and right at the end of the purge Mm -hmm. you know that's just kind of like the whole film there and it, it is interesting. Uh, I do think it's an interesting choice that with the bloody stranger that they don't try to go for a complete happy end of like, oh, why don't you live with us? You're homeless. You know, you don't really have a right. home there. Then it said it's just like, you know, the, the bloody stranger puts the gun down, starts walking out. And all Lena says is, you going to be OK? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and so then they just like walk out and you know, they're just kind of looking at each other, just kind of taking it all in mm-hmm. of what they just went through the entirety of the purge there. And so I feel like overall it's not like a horribly like weak ending for what no. could have been. What could have been a better ending though, and I know there are five movies, so mm-hmm. maybe they ended this way one time. Is is instead of having every conflict end by just somebody else coming around the corner and shooting somebody what if they were battling out? They've been scrapping for their lives all mm-hmm. night, and finally, whether it's the neighbors or the bloody or the the you know the polite stranger or whoever, finally catches 
whoever's left and has a gun at him. I think it would work best with the flight stranger on sleep. Has a gun mm-hmm. at him and is like savoring in the courage or whatever. And then you hear the little siren go off and he like looks over at the clock and it's like seven or whatever. And the purge is over and he's just like, oops, <laughs> see you next year or whatever. And then, <laughs> and then like the little music from the car is playing or something. And he like walks backwards out of a window and is like, like it, and at all else, at least he abides by the rules of the purge. You know what I, I mean? I'm I'm like doing the soy boy right now. It's ridiculous there, where mm. I'm just that idea. Ah oh, man, because you just lose track of the fact that it's a limited time thing. Like you know what? I'm gonna I'm time. just gonna take Scream Two and swap it out to move <laughs> Purge down to four point five. You know, Woo. yeah, uh, that would have been a so much better ending. I, I would have actually preferred that there, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, especially if he was a firm believer in a purge, like maybe he has a bulletproof vest because he just got shot in the mm-hmm. chest there and he does do that. And then, you know, <sighs> man, that would be so good. Yeah. Oh it'd my be so much gosh. Better. I mean, you already, they already set up like spooky atmosphere where mm-hmm. they cut the power. And so it's dark light. And so I wish there was more of like, these guys are professional hunters or whatever. I wish the family was being hunted all night or whatever. And then he finally gets somewhere he wants them. And then, yeah. And then time's up. That would have been such a much better ending, dude. Oh, man. <sighs> dude, dude, that would have been so good. And plus, again, would have just kept a, a better main antagonist. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And then you could see, and then that sets up for the sequel. Because you know they're going to make a sequel. I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, Although I will hope in the future movies that at least at some point they do it from the point of view of poor people because I feel like that's got to be 20 times scarier than being a rich mm-hmm. person in your house and then, oops, my security fails. Which is not a bad concept. I feel like they just mm-hmm. didn't execute it amazingly. But, I mean, I feel like yeah. being being homeless and it's mm-hmm. like, shit, it's that time of year again. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be scary. Um, well, with without spoiling too much, uh, I do think you do get your wish in okay. the sequel there at least you know from what i would assume you're wanting there it does mm. fulfill that just the a perspective little bit more. of someone yeah. that's not yeah that's not has a security system they can be behind yeah so i think those are definitely good points uh before wrapping up this episode anything else you want to talk about with the purge Sheesh. <laughs> i don't think so i think i've hit all my my thoughts Okay, well, no worries. Um, I, I think I've definitely hit my thoughts as well. And plus, I, I am now ultimately bummed out that <laughs> I was like, man, that would have been a better ending. Dang. We could just have a different podcast at this point where we watch movies and then I'm like, this is what the ending should have been. <laughs> yes. We just cre- we just rewrite movies. All right. Okie doke. All right. So get ready for teasers for the next film okay all right so we are back visiting uh this director robert eggers who directed the lighthouse with uh another one of his films which is uh about a certain period of time you know think like crucible everything like that and the interesting with the uh title there is that uh it is spelled with uh two v's instead of a w Oh, something about witches with two D's, B's? Yes, yes. The witch? Yes, it is the witch. The witch. Yes, yeah. Technically, it's like, even if you look here, it's like the witch, but then you look at there and it says 
bitch. That bitch. So um, this is something that's been a long time coming that I've been meaning to watch. I've never seen it before. So uh, definitely be sure to stay tuned to see our thoughts on that. But uh, until then, thank you all again so much for listening to this episode. And we'll see you all again next time when we're popping the scary with the witch. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube, CastBox, or iTunes platforms to stay up to date when new episodes drop. To see what Aaron and I are up to, check out our respective Twitter accounts. For me, it is at ColkirkVA, and for Aaron, it is at AnimalGameDev. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast. We'll speak to you all again next time when we're popping the scary.